Welcome to this week's episode of It's All Fun and Games, the official GameZo podcast. I'm Dan, head writer at GameZo, and joined, as always, by Ross, the former almost professional Valorant esports champion. How are you, buddy? That game is not fun in the slightest. You sound like Summit. It's I don't know, man. I'm I'm not gonna go into it. I tried. Well, you get to talk about patch point five oh later, so Great. you you get to slip in Great. all of the not fun during that segment. Can't wait. Yeah, it's it's gonna be good. So typical agenda if you've been watching or listening for a while. Gaming news. We'll talk about Unreal Engine five. Yay. Esports news. We'll chat about what we've been playing. And then we'll play ourselves out. It's just something we forgot to do last episode. What? Because we changed the format, and then we were supposed to do what we were playing at the end, and then we just forgot at the end. Oh yeah, you're you're right. We changed. Yes, I. You know, I was thinking about that. I was like, we didn't even remotely talk about what we've been playing last week. Not like it matters. No, it's the same like three games for each yeah. of us. So, um, so next week uh, there is a game coming out that I'm excited for. So my my what wife, is it? It's Man Eater. It's that shark game that Tom's um, terrified of. Yeah. So um, it looks super. It looks super fun. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up. Plus I like that studio. Anyway, not to get too far ahead of ourselves here. Few quick things. So that's the agenda. Again, if you've been watching for a while, great. You understand it. We're listening. If you haven't, that's how things work around here. At least now, agenda can change at any time. Um, we are live on Twitch every Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern. If you're here, you can see that. If not, you know, just follow us on Twitter and you'll get the link. Um, if you're listening on any of the podcasting services, you know we're there. Uh, you know, make sure you hit the little bell or like, subscribe, five star, all that good stuff. You know, we got to say it. It's just you don't even know to. what you're talking about. Nah, I'm just saying words. I just say words. Just do all the things that give us positive stuff. You don't know what site has the bell and what site has the follow button and what site has the subscribe. Well, we're on YouTube. We're on Apple. Yeah. But- IT, like, we're on everything. So just whatever the good thing is for the service you're listening to us on, do it. All right? That's 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 the easy way to do it. Let's forge on into our first topic. Epic Store. Given a- I already swore. I got to mark that and beep it out. <laughs> Damn it, man. Damn it, man. So anyway, they gave away GTA 5 this week. It crashed their store. Everybody was psyched. They already own it, but they were getting in there. They were they were downloading it. Um, so I've never owned it. Did you? So go, did you get it now? In there? I do. Hey, perfect. Yeah, I got it this morning. Okay. Yeah. I that was one of those um, GameStop manager games that I got for free. So I've had it on. I've had it since launch. I, I don't know that I've played it more than like half the story mode, but I've I've owned it. Um, yeah. I'll be playing it for the first time. Oh no, there's a great there's some great stuff. There's there's some really there's some funny stuff, there's some good stuff. Uh yeah, I've Andrew, my brother, played it and I watched uh quite a bit of it, so I I'm pretty familiar with what happens and we've talked about it before on this show, right? The online component is like ridiculous people i I found out in i think episode one about those irl servers where people are playing or whatever (laughs) they're playing different roles and it's 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 an mmo essentially now yeah and they've added all kinds of crazy stuff have you seen anything about the uh the ongoing war in grand theft auto 5 no okay so you know those like skin tight zentai suits that like people wear at the sports games Mm -hmm. like from the i think it's from always sunny is where it became popular yeah the green men um okay so in grand theft auto 5 for a while there was 
like a Zentai suit with like an alien head and it was just all green. And it became like a meme that these people just sort of like ran around and just caused problems and griefed people. So it was just like the the green alien gang or something like that. And then Rockstar came out and made like a purple version of it. So now there's like warring factions of the the alien people. <laughs> so there's people that are just like in purple and then they make their car all purple and they just they they roll up and they start fighting the green people online and Rockstar actually made that item free for a while because they realized it was like such a meme and they wanted more people in on it. That's so awesome. if you like if you like go on like Twitter or like TikTok I guess is where it also is. There's just like huge collaborations of just green versus purple aliens and they're just beating the crap out of each other. It's pretty funny. That's amazing. Are we team green or team purple? What do we do? I don't know. I I think like I think the green people were the bad guys at first and then the purple people were like now we're going to fight the the green people, but then the purple people kind of went like went wild too. So I think it's just as Grand Theft Auto 5 goes, everyone is just out griefing each other. Makes sense. Makes Think of the player base. Yeah, that's true. Fair point. Fair point. The, so I mean, I, mean that, I mentioned it was on TikTok, so that should tell you everything. Yeah, I, I downloaded TikTok. I did that boomer thing. I downloaded TikTok. I was like, I'm going to understand this. And then I, I no. just don't understand it. So I'm probably going to move on from that. I don't know. But anyway, the, the cool thing that came out of the GTA 5 giveaway is there were also some leaked titles um, that may be coming to the Epic Store. Uh, for giveaway soon over the next few weeks soon tm yeah so we have you know and you i guess to be clear right not all leaks have validity to them so it's not like we can sit here and say like oh well if these leaks came out it's it's guaranteed that that these games are going to be the ones but you know probably throw away your journalistic credibilities and just start making reckless speculation yeah so the next three games, according to the leak that will be coming out, are Civ 6 on May 21st. Love me a Civ game. I'll be in there. I'll be downloading it. If that, if that is indeed the one. Um, Borderlands The Handsome Collection, the following week. And then um, Ark Survival Evolved, the following. I don't know anything about this Ark game, but a lot of pe- I see a lot of people playing it. Yeah. There's like dinosaurs and then like... You know that second extinction game or whatever that you, you thought was cool? Yeah. It's it's essentially that. Oh, okay. Same thing. I, I watched people play it, and I was like, this is kind of boring, man. All I know is you're trying to tame a stegosaurus or something. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm, try, I'm trying to keep up, but... Yeah. It's one of those games that was, like, super basic in early access, and then as the years went on, it just got, like, more and more random stuff. Makes sense. But it seems cool. Anyway, so th- those are potentially the free ones, but then the wrench gets, gets thrown right in there, which is that there was a... a an additional supposed leak claiming that the Witcher three could be the next free game. So, you know, Civ Sorry six on sale for 14 bucks, Witcher three, buy it. whatever. I, I don't know, man. I, I honestly, I'm more excited for Civ six than I would be for the Witcher three, just because the Witcher three has been around so long and it's been on sale so many times. Um, I'm pretty sure I have everything around that game just from sales. <laughs> already so yeah i mean it's 14 bucks but it, de- it definitely qualifies as one of those free games mm-hmm. at this point it'd be cool with the show and everything and um, yeah i mean we're talking about steam sale but like the epic game store has their sale going on and it's just kind of like super underwhelming because the epic game store is just meh 
not yeah not the greatest <laughs> unfortunately so they're doing a thing right now i guess they're giving we were talking about the main eater game right at the beginning but apparently the epic store is doing a thing where you can re- get a ten dollar off any game coupon yeah i got that for redeeming the free grand theft auto yeah i think that's morning. i think that's what it was and so tripwire games who's making man eater was like hey guys check this out go download your free grand theft auto 5 get your 10 dollar off coupon and the next week when man eater get comes out buy it on the epic store and get yourself 10 bucks off i was like oh that's pretty cool the company launching the game's not like spend 100 percent of the money they're like no go play our game we don't care just go play it which is pretty nice. Because viral marketing is important. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It's I think uh, we can probably sum up this one gaming news item as the Epic Store attempts to stay relevant. Well, I mean, it, it's relevant. It's just not as good. Yeah. The biggest thing going for them is really... don't want to turn this into a huge Epic Game Store kind of like, I don't know, beat down. But... The best thing the Epic Store has going for it is that they give developers more profits from their sales. The UI isn't good. Like, everything else about it is just subpar to Steam. So mm-hmm. it's like, that's what I mean when I say they're fighting for rele- for relevancy, is that they really only have one small leg up on Steam. And then you have to, you have to believe in the people buying the games to care enough about the developers making the games to actually go to that secondary store and buy them there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is It tough. seems to be a little bit better curated than Steam. It is, yeah. Which I don't really see as many much. of those like weird no cat. anime girl slide puzzles, no yeah. made in unity in a day. Yeah. Random. Bikini anime girl shoots Nazis. Yep, random, like, I see a lot of these now, like the cat RPGs. Like, there's Cat Quest, which is, like, a legitimately interesting, it's, like, a real RPG, but there's all these, like, when I say cat RPGs, I mean, like, look, you're a cat, and you live your life, and you have to up your stats so you can drink milk better, and it's, like, why do we have these games? No one needs these. No one wants... Yeah, now Steam has, like, mobile games on there, and it's just, it's a mess. Yeah. Go listen to, uh, Leith from... From Cloudfire, talk about the oh no, that was a that was an off air discussion. Yeah, they can't totally go was. listen. Rip, there was a really good discussion about the state of the Steam store there. We'll have to like go dig that out of the archives somehow. <laughs> but anyway, that's the Epic Store in a blast from the past, and another one of those Rosses. Nobody nobody asked for it. No, I mean moments. No, I'm just I'm kidding. I just every time don't, don't pin that on me. Come on. Every time something gets remade, I just think of Ross being like, who who asked for this? Um so the some of the big news, I guess, from this last week was that we're getting Tony Hawk Pro Skater remastered, which I know the initial response from the Twitterverse and the internets was no, give us the new skate. We don't want Tony Hawk remastered. But like, as someone who grew up playing Tony Hawk, I'm kind of psyched to go pick this up when it comes I mean, out. It looks good. It looks good. But again, it's not Skate 4. Yeah. Unfortunately for Tony Hawk, a better skateboarding game has been made in the last, I don't know, 10, 15, whatever it is, years. Yeah. And it's just Tony Hawk. Like, it, it, it's kind of like comparing like NBA Jam to like NBA 2K. Like we, I like I want this hyper realistic skateboarding game that has all these really cool physics based things and 
the cool thing about skate is that you could do both. You could have like the really realistic lines and stuff like that where you you know jump off a curb and it like it still looks cool but then you have the, these weird almost arcadish like giant ramps and it, it the reason skate was so good is because it just does both of them really well but tony hawk only does one of them really well yeah yeah and like i don't know for me tony hawk will always be you know, eating a bag of Doritos, drinking some Mountain Dew and listening to uh, Goldfinger, right? Like that's that's the Tony Hawk nostalgia experience for me. And Dan, I'm going to ask you a very personal question. Oh, geez. Were you the friend that had Tony Hawk on the N64? No. OK. Everyone had that one friend who played Tony Hawk in the N64. No, not me. That, it, was, <laughs> it was not me. It was not me. I don't How would you like? I can't even imagine playing that game on that controller. I like to this day, I think the N64 controller might be the biggest mess of a controller that I've ever played on. Well, you know how for the original Tony Hawk, you had the use the face buttons like X with Ollie, like circle grab, triangle Mm -hmm. grind. It was the same thing in the N64 controller. It was just using the C buttons. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess that wouldn't be terrible. Yeah. Now I got to ask you, were you the one friend? With no, the... I was not. Okay. I was not. I was not. You knew a lot about the controller layout there. <laughs> no, because I, I had the friend who had it on N64, which is why I brought it up. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think if I had a friend that had that game on N64. I don't think so. Yeah. But that, that's funny. I have very fond memories of playing the Tony Hawk Pro Skater demo on the Pizza Hut demo disc. The Pizza Hut demo disc. That's so... Yeah, 50% of our audience is from not America. Does not, does they not understand no that. Well, A, 50% of them are not like cognizant of what Pizza Hut is. Yep. And then the other half is just like too young. Exactly. That's <laughs> like they don't know what a demo disc is. Two, two old guys do a gaming podcast. Go. Ugh. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. But one thing that, speaking of old guys, one thing I thought was actually really cool is that, um, they're going to age all of the skaters in the game appropriately. Which, I didn't know that. Which is actually pretty cool. So, like, I want to be, like, just super old. Hey, he's not super old, but just, like, old Tony Hawk landed in 900, you know? Just watching my ankle snap on, on impact. Just let it go. Now, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure to what degree. I've I've got to assume. I saw the headline, like, right before we, we went on the podcast. It was just like looking up Tony Hawk, the remastered mm-hmm. release, and I saw like they're going to be aged skaters. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I'll bring that up. But I didn't have time to really dig into it. So I've got to assume that they're going to be both available in aged and unaged and not that you're going to have to play the whole game as like old Tony Hawk. Right. Like, I'm assuming you're going to. Oh, no, that's what I want. So, um, but I thought that was really cool because like, I don't know, man, people can be vain, right? And they can. I could see them being like, no, I want to be in my youthful prime and blah, blah, blah. So I'm actually looking, looking at the article here. I I saw that they added, um, I don't know if this was in the original ones, but I know the first one didn't have like a woman character. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw, I saw a video where they had... I'm I'm assuming she's like a pro. That's that's the thing now. Like we don't I can't think of any cool pro skaters that are, you know, relevant age-wise like our age or younger. Like it, it's just been Tony Hawk and then it's just been a void of celebrity for the last 15 years. 
yeah, no one has reached that level or that status that he had or still has. I mean, his name still is going to sell this game. Um, yeah, he brought it into the mainstream, and then like when he went away, so so did the mainstream yeah. appeal. And like there were some it, great skaters. You know, you had your, your Rodney Mullins and your, your Bob Burnquists and like some really good people. Um the flying tomato there, Sean White. Like there there were there were some good athletes and a, none Sean of them. probably the youngest one I can think of. But yeah, he's like kinda old at this point. And he transitioned, he's primarily snowboarding now. So it's like Damn. I don't even remember like I I remember he did it, but I don't even think of him as a skateboarder. Yeah, it's kind of funny because well, skateboarding was grassroots, then it went Hollywood, and then it went back to grassroots like super yeah. fast. And like I think the thing with Sean White too that you like he's won Olympic gold medals in snowboarding, so it's really hard, yeah, to to classify him as a skateboarder at, at this. I'm sure he's won gold medals in like X Games oh, yeah. skateboarding or For whatever. Sure. But Olympics, X Games. You know, oh, it shouldn't even be on the screen. I know, it like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it some giving it some credit there. Um. Anyway, I think that whole thing's going to be pretty cool. Uh, I'll pick it up just for the nostalgia, honestly. That's... I think the coolest thing is that they did sort of like a Mario Maker um, theme. So now, like, you know, you had like the creative park mm-hmm. in the in the it, it didn't come out until the second one, I think. But now there's creative park and you can upload them online and you can add like tags and stuff like that. And people can download them. People can ed- edit the things that they download and re-upload them. So that's cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Because that was, I mean, I remember making parks back in the day and being like, oh, my friends had... But back then, that was kind of a cool thing, right? Yeah. My friends would ride their bikes to my house, and then we would play all the different parks that I made. Or, you know, you could bring your memory card. Oh, my God, the memory cards, you know? And and kind of do that. But we're we're in a different world now, Roswald. Yeah. Different world. Yeah, so now everything's just online. Upload it. Fun. Yeah. So that was cool. Another uh, game announcement that kind of came out of left field was a new Paper Mario, the Origami King. Um, I've never been a huge Paper Mario person. That's just... I just haven't. I think they're cool-looking games. I can't tell you if I've played more than, like, 20 minutes of one um, ever. So, uh, yeah, it was cool. It came out. It looks good. I that's, that's We talked about it. Like, that's my... It, yeah, and I, we did talk about this. We talked about how there had to be a Paper Mario kind of well, coming next. It got leaked along with everything else when we talked about the, oh, the Mario the, the Mario collection. Yeah, because yeah, that was some one of the pieces of information along with it. Yeah. Is that there was a new Paper Mario and it was going to play like the older ones because everyone likes the older ones and the new ones are kind of like mediocre. Yeah. But it looks fine. I mean, it's it, the, the thing that comes out of left field that it's coming out in literally two months from now. Yeah. To the day. It's not even. Yeah, like. Okay, we, we get announcements all the time that are just, bloop, this thing's coming. But you're right. The 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 distance between yeah. the two is, a, you know, not a problem, but that's what makes it kind of really unique. So it scares me because the last time something like that happened, the game was Mass Effect Andromeda. That game was and so good, though. Go? I love that game. There's a lot of sarcasm in my voice right now. I've never even played it. Because I was gonna say, Dan, don't, don't lie, don't lie. <laughs> I don't, don't lie to people. I think I said on the last podcast there was a, a dark day where I was sitting there because we were talking about the Mass Effect trilogy being remastered again. 
Mm-hmm. And there was that dark day I was sitting there and I almost hit purchase because it was on sale and I was looking real bad for some kind <sighs> of sci-fi game to play and I just I couldn't bring myself to do it. So have you seen how bad that game was? Yes. Like I when have. it first came out. Oh, I God. Have. Yeah, I would. That's I would. Rough. I would avoid it at all costs. All costs. So that's that. Paper Mario. Everybody buckle in. If you like Paper Mario, you got the Origami King coming. Have some fun. So. <laughs> Recently, this is a totally American thing, but recently, in the timing's great here, there's been discussion about a second stimulus check for us. Keep the economy going. And that thing might land just in time for the Steam, the Steam summer sale. Oh, so you we, really reached for yeah, that one. So we, we, can, we can spend all of our free money on games. Um, I joke about that because I have friends who literally like save money all year for the Steam summer sale. And then it's like, how often do they actually play the games they buy? They spoiler they they don't um yeah i I have i have one friend who puts money away every paycheck and then has that way every time a steam sale comes up he has a pool of money to purchase games from yeah yeah i'm not gonna say anything about that he doesn't listen to the podcast (laughs) say say whatever you want um Mm. but anyway beyond that stretch the fact of the matter is we have some Steam summer sale dates potentially leaked. Looking at June 25th through July 9th seems to be the dates that's going to happen. Um, it's good news for anybody who's a PC gamer. Anyone who hasn't picked up Dishonored for 250 yet, it's, you know, here's your fifth chance to do it. Exactly. So hopefully you finally take advantage. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It's Steam sales. Yeah, there's going to be tons it's of stuff. Whatever build up your wish list so you get notifications if it's on deep sale and let no let don't rip. do that because because then what happens to me is i get an email and it says like 67 of the games on your wish list are on sale and it's like oh no well, okay. what am i gonna do how big how big is your wish list my okay. wish list at any so, time is like 15 deep one like probably three or four maybe five years ago one of the steam summer sale things was like Hey, build your wish list, and if it gets to a certain amount, well, there were there was um there was a thing where they were gonna give people their entire wish list worth of games, right? Oh yeah. So I this is that. like when they introduced the wish list or something like that, and they're like, hey, use the wish list, uh, put X amount of things on there, and then like certain amount of people will just get all of it for free. So I have stuff that's been sitting on there for like five years. Oh lord, you need to you need to curate. We're talking about Steam's curation. There's a lot of stuff on there. Like, I went back and looked, and I'm like, man, I'm not playing any of this. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go and look, and um, sometimes there's stuff on my wish list. Sometimes there's stuff that I've just kind of had my eye on. Like, I picked up, um, in the winter sale, I picked up Cartcraft for cheap, um, which I had my eye on for a while. It's kind of like a, a small development team doing that, and... You know, I grabbed it cheap and I'm happy because it's it's fun, but there's no multiplayer in it. So, like, I would have been a little upset had I purchased it full price. Um, but also, if I was going to purchase it full price, I would have done more research. So I, I wouldn't have. Right. So it, it worked out. But, yeah, I mean, the dates seem to line up. Um, there's going to be tons of stuff on sale. There's going to be tons of garbage on sale. But there's also usually a, a good chunk of good stuff on sale. Um, you know, so get ready for it. It, it's more a matter of what's not on sale than yeah. what is on sale. Yeah. So 
because I, rem- I remember making this comment that a, a good indicator of like whether or not a developer actually cares about their game is with like if it's on sale during a Steam sale, because <laughs> like some stuff like it just doesn't get marked down at all because the, I, I, the developer just kind of like forgets about it. Yeah, that's actually that's a really good point because even um, in the conversations we were having a few podcasts ago with with Leith, um he was saying like, you know, they'll send us the thing and then we have to determine what the price cut's going to be. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, if you get that thing from steam and you're like not doing it, like, do you care? Right. Because that's when you're going to, the fact of the matter is that most of these, at least the smaller companies move most of their title during the summer sale or the winter sale or any of the steam sales. So it is what it is, but I'll be in there. Yeah. I'll get a bunch of stuff. I'm not playing. Yeah. That's pretty just, much. That's just how it works. So, bum, 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 bum. All right. So, moving on. You put this one in there. Terraria 1.4 release. A game that has been probably marked down to like less than $5 numerous times for numerous Steam sales because it is nine years old. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, yesterday, ninth birthday, the, I forget the development name, team name, but they, um, they released their one4 Four patch, which in nine years, 1.4 seems kind of, uh, I don't know about that one, but this is the final, final update for Terraria. And it's when I was like looking into it, the, the change log was like 45 pages long. Oh man. So it's, it's not like a baby update. It's a, it's essentially the don't ask, don't ask us for anything ever again. Update. They, they added like a thousand items. They fixed 450 bugs. They add, they made like mod support a thing now. So they are essentially like, here, we fixed everything. We added everything you want. Now it's your job because we're not working on this ever again. <laughs> we'll come and fix bugs like now and then like, if there's actual problems. But nope, it's all your job now. Have fun. It makes sense. And, you know, it's funny because 1.4 seems small, but it depends on what versioning scheme they're using. Yeah. Really? So like. If the if this is one point four, but they were like one point three point nine two, you know, yeah. at one point it just it really depends. But yeah, you you were telling me about this, and I was like, that game's been out forever. What's the big deal about the release? And then you were telling me all this stuff, and I was like, oh, that does make sense. If they're doing kind of like this is the last big push. Yeah. Here you go. It's your game. Live with it. Then it makes sense. I really I really like it when development teams do that, where they're like, here here like this is it here and then we're giving you mods like we're giving the community control of everything now because we don't want to do this because a lot of times companies will just be like hey this is it yeah no we're not fixing anything no we don't have mod support just you know here's the game it's it's actually funny because um we were talking last week in the xbox series x kind of release stuff right one of the games we were talking about was um dirt five and how it was kind of interesting because Codemasters released this entire statement like a week beforehand about we're working on what's next and then they kind of dropped the the new trailer but it was really interesting to me where they were basically like we're done with this game and then they were like and you know we'll fix broken stuff but like we're done like enjoy yeah. your dirt rally 2.0 that's it's the game you get we're not doing any huge updates like this last update is the big one and um, you know, we'll be around to fix other stuff, but it was almost the opposite of what Terraria did. Terraria was like, no, here is everything you need. You'll never need us again. Like, <laughs> we're good. Be. You know, um, whereas Dirt was kind of like, here's enough, like, and we'll still be around if something breaks. Yeah. 
So kind of two different approaches to the same, um, what we call in the business sunsetting of a, of a game or product. So, so I'm interested cool. to see what happens with that game in like the next year or two. See what people do. Total conversion mods. Who knows? Yeah. People get crazy, man. There, there are some really talented people that just sit around and mod the crap out of games. And it's 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 almost like, why aren't you... A lot more constructive than sitting around and modding Twitch channels. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Anyway, so another game that so Terraria relatively well liked and and uh, strong community around it. Um, let's go In the other fairness, way. There was a there was like a patch where they just like didn't get any updates for like a a couple years, and the community was like, "Hey, where, where are these people?" I think that's why like one point four is kind of important, but again. Yeah, everybody has slip-ups, just like EA with Anthem. So, yeah. <sighs> Long dad sigh before we even dig into this topic. This game is a prime example of when I say I don't care about E3, I don't care about the trailers, I don't care about the in-engine footage, like, just show me the game. This is This is the prime example of show me the game, and I will care. Because everything, everyone loved Anthem. The E3 trailer is great. Everyone was excited. Oh my god, this is a next-gen game. And then the game comes out and it's like, oh, it's crappy Destiny. Yeah, well, so... I don't want to turn this into the, like the core topic of the show. But if you have the time, go read the uh, Kotaku article about <laughs> this game. It's bad. It is insane effectively these people were told like go ahead and make a game and then they made the game and then they like stripped components out of it because they didn't think it could fit into what they wanted to make and then some higher up was like no put the jetpacks back in and they had to like remake the whole game and it's just like the whole thing was just a dumpster fire the whole way through so it, there is no surprise to me that the game the game came out and it did not do well and then this article from kotaku came out and it kind of explained why it didn't it didn't do well yeah. um and some people, you know, they enjoyed it, but in a way, like a lot of people enjoy games that aren't very good, which is like, look, you have some core mechanics here. You just need to build around those. And that's what Anthem 2.0 is supposed to do. So a little while ago, the team came out and they said, look, we're, we're moving a bunch of the team onto another project, but we're going to keep a core team and they're going to work on fixing Anthem. Um, we're basically done putting updates into the the current game like we're going to support it but we're not going to do any big updates we're going to go and like fix it so it's the game it was meant to be basically and everyone was like super excited they're like when's that patch coming when's that patch coming and they had to come out and be like it's not a patch guys we're building this <laughs> thing like from the ground this is anthem 2 but really what anthem should have been you know congrats you've all been beta testers this whole time <laughs> exactly thank you for your feedback this is going to be a great paid for beta test and we're going to, we're going to go fix it. Did I have a season bit. pass too? I think so. Yeah. It's oh e, it's EA, so you, you know, yeah. they, they did that. Um, Christ, dude. So they've, they've kicked off development, but again, the, the big story out of this is like, they are projecting into the marketplace. Like don't expect it anytime soon this is a massive project we have a whole team on it like we put it well the guys said the team is 30 people yeah like that's that's a good size well it's a good size team when you already have 
yeah. everything there. Like, it's a bigger team than you would have just patching it, you know. Um, but you're right. If they're really going to build this from the ground up, the reason it's going to take a long time is because it's, I guess to peel it back, it's a good-sized team if they're going to use the bones that are there and just fix the mechanics, right? And it's going to take a little while to do that. It's a small team if they really have to build it from the ground up, ground up. Like, if they just, like, strip this whole thing down and just reuse the assets with, like, a whole new engine, whole new code, everything, then it's a small team, right? They should do that. Yeah. So, it, I guess it really depends where it falls between those two. But, look, if it if they can make Anthem 2.0 what everybody expected when they saw the E3 trailer it might not still be successful because no one's going to trust it at first, but it could do one of those like rainbow six things where once it's around for a little bit and they they're updating it and the community is relatively happy with it, you know, and the changes being made that it could pull people in. But I think their initial problem with launching 2.0 is all of that trust they lost with 1.0. Yeah. But it's also going to launch as like a, like an eight year old game. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't know what the market's going to look like when 2.0 is finally finished. And it might just be a case of just kind of like what happened to Mass Effect Andromeda where it's just, it's this 2010s game in like late 2010s. Yeah. And it's just, it's just behind everything. But we'll see. Again, show me the game. Yep. Yep, stop showing me super slick, well-edited CG trailers and show me the game. Um, and it was actually funny in that Kotaku, uh, and we can move on, but in that Kotaku article, they were talking about how like that vertical slice level um, that they showed at E3 had to be played like in a very specific way for the whole game not to fall apart. Like They, they, they could not mess up like an inch of that demo. Because they, that that's how like on the edge it was because so many changes were happening behind the scenes at once. Like at, they had literally removed the jetpack function and taken all the verticality out of the levels. And then an executive walked in and was like, "Nah, this game is Iron Man. You have to have jetpacks." And they had to build back in the jetpacks and add all the vertical scaling to the levels. That's like yeah, that's so much work. That is an amazing amount of work. So. It is what it is. Hopefully the second one comes out and people have an appetite for it because I think that from a core concept, it's it's a, could have been a cool game. Could have been. All right. We're past the gaming news, Ross. We're on to your favorite topic. The only the topic... The, the only topic this week that had any meat on the bones to really discuss for a long period of time. However, the I only... I do not feel that way about it. However, the only topic this week that neither of us really wanted to go on about. So this is about to be the most interesting main topic segment we've ever done. Well, at least it's not the girl getting banned from Twitch because that's that would have been that would have been a no for me. Well, th- there's not enough meat on that bones either. Like that's. I mean, uh, yeah, well. <laughs> Twitch streamer who gets consistently banned from Twitch gets banned from Twitch. There, I covered the entire topic. Okay, great. (laughs) So moving on to the main topic, we're going to talk about Unreal 5, um, Unreal Engine 5. Now, at face value, that topic 
of itself does not is not very interesting. But there's a lot of things swirling around Unreal Engine Five um, that we're pro- we're going to touch on. Um, so it, saying Unreal Engine Five is like the banner, but really there's like three or four different news stories that came out this week around Unreal Engine Five, and we're going to encompass um, all of those in this discussion. So. Unreal Engine 5 uh, got announced over the last week. Um, For those unfamiliar with what an engine is, um, it's basically a a core... core. There are people listening, Ross. You're laughing. But there are people listening that are like, I don't understand why an engine is important. An engine does all of the really hard work for development teams so they don't have to go down and baseline code like all the stuff. And Unreal has been one of the most popular engines on the market for a long time. Um... A lot of games you've played were in Unreal Engine 4, so this is just the next step. Upgrading your engine is a ton of work, and that's why we don't see tons of engine upgrades, and that's also why you see um, studios who make their own engine brag every time, this is our new Frostbite 73 engine. You know, like, they brag about that because the amount of work that goes into it is um, a lot, and how these engines are built really determines the capabilities of the games you can make. Uh, we hear a lot of times that um, like XYZ company used this engine and it's a super powerful engine, but it wasn't the engine wasn't built with the type of game they were making in mind. And it took them a lot of time and effort, you know, to go in and build plugins into that engine and whatnot. So there's a very good example of that. And it's rainbow six siege. Yeah running on Assassin's Creed engine. Exactly. So it's, the engine is really important. And like I said, some studios will go and make it, but a lot of studios are using Unreal, right? They're licensing it. um, Or they're using, um, a lot of studios are using some other engine and they're licensing it from another studio or company, right? Most studios aren't making their own one. um, And Unreal is one of the most popular. So the release of Unreal Engine 5 was a big deal because it's ostensibly going to be the benchmark for next generation engines, right? And um, again, because engines deal with things like physics, it's going to deal with things like how games can use ray tracing and lighting. It's going to deal with how they do particle effects. It's going to really put developers into that box of what they can do. It's important that the engine is built with the architecture of the system in mind, right? And and so that's really what happened here is this was a huge collaboration um, between Sony and um, Epic, and they they worked together to basically make the perfect the perfect air quotes engine for next generation games. How much of that is true? Only time will tell, but it, it is exciting. Oh. The perfect yeah. part. I was like, what do you mean whether or not they like work together? That's kind of like, you know that. Yeah. They say. yeah they, they say it right in the press release. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, but the, whether or not it's going to work and be, you know, the the end all be all engine for next gen, we, it's just going to take time. Right. So it is it is really good that they worked directly with Sony um, to map the architecture. They did come out and say, like, look. This isn't a Sony-only engine. It will work exactly the same on Xbox Series X, um, which is good because some people were worried. They were like, oh, they came out with a demo and they worked directly with Sony. This means Xbox is left in the dust. And it's like, no, I don't think Epic's going to limit their 
their licensing people jump at that as fast as they can man everything is just always like but what about microsoft this is bad for microsoft microsoft screwed up again it's like chill they just want a console war you know they're like another one for sony it's a win for sony um so it's it's a big deal right like i said we're, we're getting our first real next gen engine they're Unreal Engine 4, as popular as it was, there were some problems with it, um, specifically around physics and how you had to kind of finagle the physics to work realistically that people had problems with. Um, There's actually an entire thing. If you go to like the Unreal Guide, it has a whole thing about like how to interact with their physics to make them work the way physics should work, which is Mm -hmm. kind of a weird thing. So, you know, hopefully they fix some of that. there's also a limitation on what you can do graphically and, and with some of those other things. So it'll be really cool. So then that's one piece, right? So there's not a lot to say about it. Like it's going to be the bedrock for a lot of next gen games. You're going to see unreal five pop up as your game's loading consistently in this next generation. The next piece is they released Ross's favorite. They re- released game play. In no, it's not gameplay. Engine five. So this is where this is where things get interesting. So they released this gameplay air quotes, and it was like the most seamless, just CGI trailer thing ever, right? And everyone called nonsense and said it's not gameplay, and they were like, no, it is. It's just that's how seamless these next gen consoles are. You get cutscene. Seamlessly into gameplay, seamlessly back in a cutscene. And th- this is what Unreal Engine 5 is all about, is this seamless cinematic experience between you playing and the cutscenes. And with the new architecture of these systems and the SSDs and all of this stuff, this is what you're able to do without loading screens and, and cutscenes. It's just a seamless experience. So I'm also calling BS because we talked about this in the last episode. It's really easy to show seamless integration between gameplay and cutscene when you're running a $40,000 computer to run your yeah. engine on, right? I mean, like, no one's running on a console. So I, I need to see, like, I want to see the PS5 hooked up to a monitor, yeah, you know, and someone with their hands on the controller triggering the cutscene and then going through the sequence. As I said, Anthem. Yeah. Just... Like I just I'm holding my opinion until I see the actual thing, and it is I don't care if it's in my hand and I'm playing it, but like I need actual gameplay on an actual console before I even remotely care. Um, like my biggest takeaway about all this is that the engine is not getting released until like 2021 or something like that. So that's. You know, the the games that are coming out on Unreal 5, we're still like two, three years away from that. And even then, it's very early use in the engine. So we're looking at like the the later half of this next console generation before games actually start fully taking advantage of the big new Unreal 5 engine. And it's just like, okay, well, guess I'll wait here. Yeah, and, and that's an important point that we talked about in the last podcast episode as well which is we were talking about the next gen systems and just you know how why the videos they were showing at the Xbox Series X event they didn't look that much better than current gen it's because when you have 5 7 10 years into a system you're using every last efficiency 
within it. And so to your point, if we're not even, if they're not going to start developing games in Unreal 5 until 2021, then you're looking at 2023 at the earliest to start getting games. That's when we get the Knack. That's when Knack 3 makes its big debut. Using all the power. Yeah, so so that'll be interesting. But I think, so those are kind of like two of the three main stories that came out of Unreal 5, right? So story one is we've got a new engine. It's going to be the, the cornerstone of next gen. And, you know, ostensibly they fixed their physics issues and some of their other issues with Unreal 4 to and, and learned from that. So Unreal 5 will be better and it will be optimized for the new system architecture. Um, and, you know, include things like ray tracing, et cetera, that these new systems are capable of that past engines maybe aren't optimized for. The second story is the seamless gameplay, right, which we just discussed, which you and I are on the same page. It's yeah. <laughs> whatever, like until I'm playing it or I see someone with an actual console playing it. I'm, you know, it's if it works that way, awesome. Next gen is going to be fantastic. I'm glad to be alive. You know, that, yeah. that's all I can say is be, to be optimistic about it. The third part, and we're about to make some some PC Master Race people really angry. Epic came out and they were like, look, we worked so closely with Sony on their next gen system and, and optimizing Unreal for it and, and getting this demo gameplay out there and just showing you the power of next gen and this next console architecture is so much more powerful than any high end computer you could buy right now. Yeah, maybe at like a like a Best Buy. Marketing hype. Yeah. Of course, no. of course. Because I've seen people on Reddit and Twitter and everything. They're like, oh my God. Oh my God. They've cracked the code. The PS5 is a $12,000 gaming rig inside of a $500 box. They're, they're, and look, Sony and Microsoft are doing really cool stuff with their system architecture. Because it's a closed system and they're running their own operating system on it, they can optimize and get great efficiency out of what they're building. And what Sony's doing with their SSD, where they're basically doubling the read-write rate of the SSD through using a custom compression. Like, that's sick. Like, clap, 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 awesome stuff. Like, that's system engineering. That is, like, real cool. It shows you that these consoles are more than just jamming the best parts for the price into a system and getting it to work, right? They're optimizing them. It's it, A lot goes into building these. That's really cool. But, like, let's relax, okay? The people who made the engine who partnered with the people making the next systems saying that their engine works best on the architecture of these systems because they're the most powerful architecture they've ever seen is them hyping up their engine, right? So my question to Epic is, okay, does Unreal 5 just, it's not going to look good on my $10,000 computer? Like if I go out and buy a $10,000 computer, you're telling me I should just go get a $500 PS5 because your engine's going to look like crap on my super expensive computer. Like, no, they want you to play the games on PC or PlayStation or anywhere. They're just hyping up the next gen systems because it's a marketing push for their engine. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to tell somebody you can get this for $500 than it is to tell somebody you can get this for $5,000. Just facts. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I'm just rolling my eyes so hard, man. Like <laughs> you're trying to tell me that they're, they're essentially trying to do more with less. The whole point of a console is that you're not spending a thousand, $2,000 on something. 
right? Mm -hmm. And it's cost-effective gaming. So you're trying to tell me that if they doubled the price of what, like, the parts that they were using, like, if they upgraded and used better parts or whatever for their PlayStation 5, you're telling me it'd be the same. Like, come on, man. Yeah. It just it's, it's just console gaming at its finest. And you know what? At the end of the day, if it is great and if it is better than a $20,000 PC, great. That means we win. Yeah, the consumer wins. We had this conversation a while ago. Like, yeah. I, I want the next consoles to push PC gaming to be cheaper, more efficient, or better. It's not yeah, a PC gaming. Get better. Yeah, it's not a PC gaming versus console gaming thing. Like, it just helps the consumer. Like, the better... Th but it's just... From a technical standpoint, it makes no sense, like you said, to say that you run our thing on this $500 thing versus running it on this $5,000 thing. It's going to work just as good. on. The, it's like, no, that's just that's not how things work. If I give you more resources, you can do more. You can render better graphics. You can do more particle effects. You can have better physics calculations because you're not going to fry the CPU because you have more threads and cores to work with. Like, it's just, it's math. It's computer science. <laughs> like, but it's, it's marketing speak. And I don't want this to be like an anti unreal engine five thing. It looks awesome. If it does what it does, it's awesome. I think I've been pretty, we've been pretty positive on unreal five. You know, the fact that it's coming out is great. If it works the way they showed it awesome, but I'm a little skeptical. I'm just calling total BS on the marketing people who are trying to sell this engine being like, no, it is the best it could ever be on, on console. And you know what? This is another one of those. Maybe it is. Maybe it is optimized for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. I think that'd be a dumb move considering the amount of PC gamers out there to optimize your engine for the consoles and not you know, allow, it's, you're just hamstringing yourself, right? Like if you make your engine and it only works really well on the consoles and it works terrible on the PCs or it doesn't work as well on the PC, then you're alienating an entire chunk of your player base that could be paying you. Well, that, and it just, it reflects poorly on the company because there's people trying to develop a PC game, like, you know, like CD Projekt Red or something like that. And they're just like, oh, okay. So this isn't going to like our cross-platform game just isn't going to look as good on PC. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Exactly. So anyway, that's everything I had to say about Unreal 5. I, I thought it was just interesting that they kept popping up in the news, you know, from the from the launch to the demo to this bold statement that the next gen system architecture was better than any high end computer. It's just like I, I it's just like every claim got bolder. You know, it was like we're launching. OK, whatever. I don't want to beat a dead horse. That's Unreal 5. We somehow got like 20 minutes out of that, 15 minutes out of that. It's way more time than you I thought. got 20 minutes. I know. I just grandstanded and then you popped. I don't like, care. Yeah. We're not going to see any of this for another three, four years anyways. So yeah. it's just whatever. Catch cool. us on podcast 123 when we talk about the first Unreal 5 engine yeah. game being dropped. Back three. Really showing off the ray tracing. I can't wait. We talked about that too. Like yeah. there's going to be so many games that are just tech demos at first. And like, that's cool. I want to see what they're capable of. Just make them good games that also, be good games. I know they the never problem. are. That's it's, why always like, tech demos. it's always like, look at how good it looks. Look at what we did with the physics. We got 12 billion particles and it didn't melt. I don't know. Right. Anyway, that's unreal five kids. We're moving on to esports. sports, sports, sports. 
had to hit the marker. All right. The first esports topic is kind of an interesting one, ish. There's like we're 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 stringing some stuff together here. It's not. We're doing we're we're doing we're plug we're 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 taking a little bit of this and we're trying to stretch it out and tie it over to to, to this thing over here. So Helix Esports, who uh, partnered to bring Oxygen Esports, has now gone and partnered with Razer as their primary um, periphery supplier, um, sponsor, whatever you want to call it. So if you're not familiar with Helix, uh, Helix does like those esports centers where you can go and like learn to shout cast or like practice with a team. And they have like after school kids programs where kids can play on esports teams and there's coaching and it's kind of cool. Um, there's, it's, uh, there's one in Patriots place, right? So yeah. Yep. And that's why they partnered with, um, or brought help bring oxygen esports, which is a, a Boston based esports team into, um, a few different games. And the, the one that Ross is rocket league and rainbow six. Yeah. Were the two big ones. Uh, I think there's a few others on the list, but they weren't. Yeah. But the, the, the two are the ones that they picked up from reciprocity when it folded. Yeah. The other four they had already. Cause it's just what esports org doesn't have like three different 12 year old Fortnite players. Like it's just, you kind of need it. It's like you need your like if you're making the esports team, you need your Fiverr logo. You need a crummy name. You need like a like a promo code from G Fuel or Rogue Energy or whatever bootleg supplement company or whatever you're with. And then you need like twelve Fortnite players, and that's just kind of like the starter kit. The esports starter. You should sell that. Make an ebook. It's, <laughs> it's one page long. <laughs> it's one. It's one page long. Thirty dollars. We'll teach yeah. you how to start an esports team. So. You know, like you said, it's really not that interesting. It'll just, for me, it'll be interesting to see what kind of constraints it puts on on oxygen. Like, does that carry over? Is there any intertwining there? Or is it just Helix on their own off to the side? Every team team has like a a peripheral Mm -hmm. um, affiliate. Um, I think it's just more so they're adding Razor to their Helix esports centers, mostly. And then, like, yeah, like, the OXG players are going to be like, yeah, well, I play on a Razor or whatever. But, I mean, they're not forced to use those for competitions. At least that's what other teams have to deal with. That's really interesting. I was I was wondering about that because I saw it was, like, it went semi-viral. There was a CDL player who was sponsored by Scuff, um, or the team was sponsored by Scuff Gaming, and he was caught um, plugging in a Beaver Customs controller for a land yeah. and it was like ah well every team is different but yeah. i mean i don't think these companies are going to actually force you to use their products in competition i i feel like that's a lot a lot of teams shouldn't be doing that yeah i feel like it's more not smart it matters more to razor for instance or logitech or corsair or whoever it matters more that the team is winning and associated with their brand than it is that the team is seen playing with their equipment at an event. Now I'm sure they probably have all kinds of control around when you're on stream or when you're, you know, whatever certain things, there's going to be some, some control around. Cause you know, the last thing razor would want is like, you know, Hey Ross, here's your razor sponsorship. And then you're on your stream and you're like, check out my new, check out my new steel series headset. It's so good. And this Logitech yeah. keyboard is the best, you know? And it's like, th- there's got to be some constraints. That's but, more what it's about. Yeah. But I understand in competition, it, it's more value to them that 
the team wins with their logo all over their website and their clothes and stuff than it is that they're playing with the correct mouse. Yeah, because if you watch like a Counter-Strike lane, you'll see the people on the table and they'll have like every single player will have a different brand of mouse. That's funny. <laughs> you, you play with what you like. But the whole team's sponsored by like Logitech and it's yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but it may, like you said, it makes it makes sense. It makes sense. At so anyway, if your product is not good. Sorry. Yeah. And it's Make not even if it, it's not even if it's not good. Like I, I do a, a fair amount of hardware reviewing and it's like there are so many products that are good that just might not work for someone else. Like the mouse we both play with, you would think by stats that someone with large hands wouldn't like this mouse. I love this mouse. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal. I just it makes me not palm it. But it does cramp up my hand. So if I was going to be playing games for a long time, I'd go back to my Dream Machines mouse right just because it fits my hand better like it's just preference they those two mice have like the same sensors they have the same everything it's just like performance versus comfort it just comes down to that you can have really bad products for sure you know what i mean but like every 150 dollar plus keyboard i've played on feels the same you know it just comes down to preference so it's it, it makes sense like yeah razor's best mouse could be just as good but if someone wants to play on you know i don't know Zowie. Yeah, just name Logitech. any other mouse company. If they want to play on that, it's like, okay. It's probably got the same components anyway. It's probably made in the same factory. Like, whatever. So, anyway. We'll see what, what comes down with that. It is good for the centers, though, you know, to have a partner like that, where they can just have a standard equipment across all their centers, that it does it does work out. When when all of this blows over, we should pop in. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely pretty cool. So, um, see, see what's up. There's supposed to be a Rainbow Six land at that Helix Center in June, but yeah, not, not going to happen now. Probably not. I was going to say, I've seen the best case scenario stuff I've seen with other events, esports, sports, whatever, um, concerts, is things in June are getting pushed to like mid-July right now hopefully but most of the june stuff's either being canceled or moved to july so i don't know man i'm still staying inside i'm staying inside till like october i'm staying inside till like next year dude I know, <laughs> like, I know. leave me alone man i'm trying to go to a conference in october and meg's like ah you probably shouldn't that's atlanta the cdc's right there they'll be like oh well i, I feel like that. i feel like the cdc being right there is a reason to go to atlanta just <laughs> just like I get a little cough, I just pop over. Like, I don't think that's how it works. Study me. Study me. No, they do have a cool uh, museum that I want to go to, but like it's weird because like to get to the museum, you have to park in the parking lot. But like if you go there when like work is in session, it's the same parking lot that people work in. And they like mm. do all the scan into your car and check you for weapons and stuff like that. And then like, but if you nice. can't find a parking spot, you can't go into the museum. So it's it's weird. But anyway... I tried. I tried last time I was down there. All right. We got a little bit of a uh, league news. We got, uh, I'm going to butcher this because I'm not a league person. Is it? Yamo- well, it Yama- it's not just league. It's a reference to Starcraft. Oh, geez. Because Yamato cannon is a, a, like a thing in Starcraft. Okay. Yamato cannon. I was like, Yamo- Yama- Yamato cannon joins Sandbox. He's the first Western coach ever in the LCK, which is the Korean League of Legends highest tier. There was another coach that was like in the Challenger League, 
before a Western coach that coached a challenger league team, but he's the first uh, to go to the highest level. Um, it's kind of a pretty, it's cool, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it is what it is. Uh, he's going to continue. He's going to do all of his coaching from Europe where he's currently stationed, despite the fact that Korea is pretty much South Korea has pretty much got their stuff locked in. Um, they noticed that like a hundred or more cases trace back to like their entertainment region. So they don't want to kind of kick up anything in that area. But once everything's cleared, he will be um, relocating to a uh, soul and doing, doing his thing over there. Um, yeah. It's, I can, it's, it's pretty it's cool. It's so fun watching you like flounder with league of legends or like counter-strike stuff that you're not familiar with. Cause you're like, yep. Uh, yeah. So the, uh, the LCK it's their, their pro league. If you didn't know, cause I sure didn't five minutes ago. <laughs> exactly. No, <laughs> I, I am like 100%. The reason you're here is because like I can do all of the gaming news. I'm, I'm locked into that esports mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, yeah. Give me give me my sim racing topic right after this so I can sound intelligent, you know? That's that's mm-hmm. where I'm at. Um, but I did think it was I did think it was a pretty cool story just from that standpoint. Um, like you said, I had no idea what the LCK was before reading that article and then yeah. I read it and I was like, "Oh, you know, Korea is this has been this kind of hotbed for esports. It's been like the first documentary I ever watched on esports." was all focused around how big it was in Asia and Korea specifically. So to see a Western coach come in and, and get that nod um, is, is pretty cool. Kind of funny. Cause he's not even that good. Whoa. You heard it here first people. He's not even that good. Didn't he like, he either coached or played to some championship wins. Didn't that happen? I'm pretty not sure. That I'm, aware of. I'm pretty sure. Give me, I don't know. He coaches on a team that's like middle of the pack. And then he goes and joins a team in Korea. That's like kind of middle of the pack. So but it's in it, Korea. It's funny because if you look at those teams, the te- like that specific team is six coaches. Hmm. They have a head coach. They have a coach. They have another coach. Then they have the head trainee coach. And then they have two more trainee coaches. So there's there's actually a coach for... Wait, there's more coaches than like starting roles. Yeah, if there's six coaches, there's only five roles in, yeah. in the league. So look at that. Get- uh-huh. They're o- they're overly Can coached. You name all five positions in League of Legends, Dan. No, there's like a jungler. There's like a okay. there's a AD carry. There's uh huh. I I know yeah. like loose terms. No, I can't. I just named two out of five. It's almost a passing score, people. I played League of Legends for one week ten years ago, so mm-hmm. I will I will take that as a victory. Yeah, it's important because yes, Korea is the LCK is arguably one of the best leagues. You can make a case for the european league and then there's also the lpl which i believe is the china league might not be right on that but so those are kind of like the top three and then america is just sort of like oh hey we we're here as always in esports unfortunately yeah just that unfortunate yeah so there there's there's that i don't know anything about that topic but i i put it on there people (laughs) you tried i tried I tried. All right. This one this one's all you former top ten percent Evo completionist. That's right, mm-hmm. people. Our very own Ross one time went to Evo, the world's biggest fighting game tournament, and finished in the top ten percent of all participants. Go Ross. Yay. He's the best. So we we found out, you know, a little while ago that Evo was gonna happen online. Obviously the timing just didn't work. Um, which is kind of funny because isn't Nevada like straight up open right now? 
Yeah, sure is. I think like so they probably could have made it happen, but um, I think it had more to do with talent coming from other countries and, and that type of stuff. It would have been um, severely neutered in that regard. Um, but they they said they were going to move to online, and then recently this last week they kind of laid out what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so over to you, our our Evo specialist. Over to me. Okay, so the main things to take away from this number one is. No smash. Yay! No smash brothers. They uh they got rid of smash because the net play is so bad and unplayable that they couldn't even they 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 just said no. We're we're not going to deal with that. Okay. So I'm going to I have it written down so I don't forget it. But they have every single game that was previously announced for the schedule. So we have Dragon Ball Z, which is garbage. Uh we have Grand Blue Versus, which is a good game. We have Samurai Showdown, which is eh, it's okay. Uh, we got Soul Calibur 6, which is, eh, it's okay. It's fun. Fun to watch. Street Fighter 5. Street Fighter 5. Uh, Tekken 7. Great game. Uh, Uniclear. Undernight in birth. Whatever. Something clear laid. It's anime. That's all you need to know. <laughs> um, so tournament is now, instead of being one weekend, it is every single weekend from July 4th to August 2nd. So the main games that i just announced they do not have an open bracket anymore because it is online so they are going to do some sort of like exhibition some sort of like smaller bracket with people that are kind of next to each other in terms of you know net play and latency and all that stuff and but there are open brackets and they basically picked the games with the best net code not necessarily good games unfortunately um so if you are an aspiring pro in Killer Instinct, Mortal Kombat 11, Skullgirls, Second Encore, or my favorite, Them's Fighting Herds, which is also known as the My Little Pony fighting game that got ceased and desisted by the My Little Pony people. There you go. If you want to be a pro in that game, go for it. You can be in the open Evo bracket, and you can also go up against the illustrious Toaster Strudel 14, and you know you might be an Evo winner. Who knows? That's, oh man, that's, I never, that just, I don't have, I don't have words. You know the story about the My Little Pony game? I do, yeah, I follow that closely. Um, yeah, they basically, they get, they get deep into uh, making that game, including uh, some like legitimate gameplay and, and demos using the ponies, the characters, right, from, from mm-hmm. the show. Um, and they got cease and desist into, into hell and then it kind of went, went away. Um, for a little bit and then they came out with this like it's my little pony but we didn't say it style game so but one of the people i forget i don't know what her like role is on the show but one of the people who is like one of the main lead artists for my little pony she actually reached out to these people and made them original characters for the game oh that's awesome to make up for the fact that they got cease and desisted so like all of the characters are ones that i believe it's i forget who it is but i believe it's a woman like the lead artist or whatever it's but yeah she basically made new characters for all these people like hey sorry we don't really have control over it we think it's cool so we're gonna help you out and the game is good net code so now it's at evo congratulations and now it's at, they, they did they did good by people and in, in putting good net code. and look mini tangent just just do better with your net code games like if you're if you're gonna have like games that require like just high precision inputs 
or timing. Just do better with your netcode. Okay, it's just, just do better. That's that's it. Like I'm that's that's the end of my rant. I just I don't understand games that come out and they're like, we're gonna be the next great fighting game. And really, unless you have a good local scene, you're gonna have to play online. And everything you learn that you can do online, you can juggle and do that and pull off this trick because our netcode sucks. And as soon as you go on land, you're gonna find out how bad it really is. It really is night and day. It's it's ridiculous. There's you know, and it's it's so funny. Like a lot of esports kind of communities have that saying, you know, which is try that crap on land because mm-hmm. it's just like the, if the net code and look, even if the net code is good, there's going to be some latency and there's just going to be stuff you can pull off that you can't pull off on land. But just do better. Th- that's all I have to say. Yeah. All right. So before up until when, when did you make the decision to never play Valorant again? How many days ago? Yesterday? Yesterday. Okay. So up until yesterday, Ross was going to be the number one Valorant player. I was, okay. No, no, no. Don't, don't say it like that. Cause that's like super cringy when you say it like that. Like I was playing the game, you know, I was trying, I was to, trying to be the best. Whoever I was trying did to get it. good at it. No, but I, I mean, like, I'm not trying to like go pro or anything. Like, that's cringy. Yeah. So to, to I, I, I do it cringy on purpose to tease you. But in reality, what Ross was going to do is he was going to spend X amount of days to see what it would take to improve at Valorant. Basically, how far could you improve with the plan? And, you know, what would it be like? Right. And so Ross was playing the game. Before you do any of that, before you do any of that, I want to I want to stress that the number one most important thing that you need to get better at a game is you have to actually enjoy it. And that's where I failed. Okay, I mean, that is a fact. You're never going to get better at anything you hate. So Ross was going to go through and do this thing where he was going to try to get better at Valorant. He was going to do his placements. He was going to get his rank. And then he was going to go through a well-formed because Ross is smart and understands performance. He's going to go through a well-formed plan to improve over a period of time to see what you would have to do and how far it could take you. That ended yesterday let me, let me explain what happened yesterday oh geez i haven't heard this i just saw you i went to stream and i watched you log into rainbow six instead of valorant and i was like oh yeah. something changed yeah all right so yesterday morning made breakfast all that stuff did my little stretches did my gamer stretches did a little bit of this if you're on if you're on Twitch, you can see it. Theater of the mind. I'm doing the little hand stretch this way, doing a little hand stretch this way, doing a little, you know, get the get the muscles going, the blood going, right? And then I sat in a custom game for like 10, 15 minutes. I was practicing all these really cool angles that I could throw like Sage's slow ball over these buildings. And I hit this spot perfectly for the beginning of the round. So this guy can't swing on mid and all this stuff. I worked on all this stuff for like 15 minutes, was feeling really good about it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go play. The one game I played yesterday, dude, I got the map I was looking for. The map I had actually practiced on, first person insta-lock stage. Bang. There goes there goes the last 20 minutes of me practicing <laughs> down the drain. Doesn't matter. So whatever. Pick a character, whatever. Doesn't matter. You know, I, pl- I can play Cypher. I like Cypher. He's cool. Um, round one, one of my teammates starts typing in all chat, knife fight mid. Who wants to knife fight mid? This is a competitive game. This is like ranked. This guy wants to run down mid and just have like a knife fight with people, which seems like something you do in casual and not ranked. But, you know, what do I know? I'm I'm crap at the game. I'm bronze three. Who knows? What do I know? Maybe that's maybe that's the strat that people do. Um, yeah. So 
then I, I reminded myself that being stuck in a 45 minute game where some guy runs up mid and feeds for the entire 45 minutes is why I stopped playing Riot games to begin with. That's why League of Legends wasn't fun. And that is the article that will never happen now. Yeah, it's, un it's unfortunate, but it's okay. So back to number six, because I got I got a plan for that. Anyway, so the reason I bring all of that up is because one of the big esports stories from the last, and to peel this back, a lot of top level streamers have also come to the same conclusion that Ross has. Yeah. Summit 1G, when asked why he moved to like Sea of Thieves from Valorant, he was like, bro, I don't play games that aren't fun. Um, Made Shot could not wait to get out of Valorant. Like He was like, bro, I think my contract for having to play this game is up tomorrow. I'm back on Warzone. Like, he, it was like, he was that blunt with the, with the chat, right? Well, that's a Call of Duty player playing yeah. Valorant. That's a whole different category. Yeah. Um, well, he, he did... Um, not to get too far off track, but he did spend some time trying to get good at CSGO. There was like a... Yeah, when you bought a team. Yeah, so like... But anyway, I digress. So the reason I bring all of this up is because patch 0.50 came out last week and it was supposed to be like the patch that fixed everything that was wrong with or complained about Valorant. Um, apparently it didn't, it didn't fix any of the fun problems, but what did it fix for us and did it work? Now, here's my like main issue with everything is that... This company is doing a really good job, but their game just isn't fun. And I feel bad because they actually went through the, not the pain, but they actually changed parts of a map because they realized it was incredibly one-sided. It was, a, this one map was incredibly defender-sided and there were a lot of like choke points where you had to look either left or right, but people could be in either spot. So you were kind of screwed. You were do, basically doing a coin flip. And then if people were in both spots, you were just dead. You had no chance. So they got rid of a lot of a lot of those. They changed the um, they changed the walls that come down like during the start of the game that you can't like go past in the the prep phase or whatever it is, like the buy phase. I guess it is in Valorant. Um, so it's if you really like Valorant, it's a good sign because they're willing to do things like that. They're willing to like deconstruct the map and change this wall and make this you know a slant instead of a like a full corner for someone to sit in and they're they're putting in all the effort and then in the patch notes they're like hey we took out this one random corner of the map because we found it was doing all this and like they go and they explain all of it and it's props to them good job i wish i could like take that and then put it in the game i actually care about but then you know they changed a bunch of stuff with the guns they made um they made them like uh, a little bit more accurate for like burst firing and stuff like that. Like the, the bullet sprays don't go too crazy too fast. Um, the main problem, like the main complaint people are having aside from the bullet punch, which they're never going to change for whatever reason. But um, people, there was, people were having a problem with the fact that you could um, be moving and then basically stop immediately and have a perfectly accurate shot. And then on their end, it looked like they were just still moving and for some reason got a perfectly accurate shot. So the problem was there's a transition phase when you're moving full speed to when you're stopping. And in that phase, you're getting full like walking accuracy, which isn't isn't perfect, but it's very close. And you were getting that like immediately. So you could essentially still be moving and get perfect accuracy. 
So they they basically removed that. So you can't just do like full on just walk at a guy and shoot perfectly. So that's good. But then they they did some other things where they made like the machine guns cheaper, but no one really uses the LMGs cuz they're, you know, they're kind of a meme gun, but you know, it's a beta, what do I know? Meta can change. Yeah, I the only way I can describe it is when I was watching you play after the patch, is it seemed better. Yeah. But um I kind of agree with you. My biggest my biggest complaint with that game is just the amount of time to play. Yeah, you know, dude. like I don't know. I get I get that those longer games can become much more competitive. And that's what they're really pushing for is the competitive kind of market. Um Oh, they changed the money cap too. That's what they did. Okay. Yeah, cuz you used to be able to bank as much as 12,000, and now it's 9,000. So like you could get like three or four games like three or four rounds and just like steamroll people and then you're set for the rest of the half essentially yeah yeah Yeah, they need to do i know they're trying to be csgo and so the pacing's down but they i just feel like they have to do something if they want to keep the more casual player they need to do something to make it so if i want to hop on and play games with friends it's not just playing one you know what i mean yeah. Like you can't even war like we did it a few times. I hopped on with you and it's like play one game, okay, forty minutes, thirty-five minutes, whatever. Okay, now I'm feeling warmed up. Do I actually have time for a second game knowing yeah. it could take up to an hour to play you know, it's just it's tough, especially for people who are busy. But um that's the Valorant patch. They continue to try to fix things. Like Ross said, I think that's the most important thing is if you're into that style of game or you like Valorant at all um it's really good signs because you know we have this joke about we hear you you know, just but, about to say. but it's like riot actually does and, and yeah and they fix stuff which is which is good all right the last point chad larson leaves reciprocity you put that in here it's got the little the little ross plus next to it so yeah hit him with the deets i mean it's it's not really there's not much to explain it's just the one of the founders who is the, the head of reciprocity, he is gone. Last time we heard from him, he was sitting there and he had like a full video of just, hey, you know, reciprocity is going through some challenges. It's it's really hard for us. We're not getting money. But you know what? We're going to be back. And apparently without Chad now. Yeah, we're going to be back. Just not with me because I not got with better Chad. things to do. Yeah. So. Interesting development. Unfortunate because he was a really good guy. Um he is one of the main reasons why Oxygen picked up Reciprocity, because he like went, he like went around and tried to give these teams to people essentially. When he could have just said, "Hey, you know, you're gone, bye." So he, a good guy move, I guess. You don't really see those in esports, unfortunately. No, so. it's very. We've had these discussions, right? Just like whole rosters getting dropped just because, you know, it doesn't work out due yeah. to you know, LAN versus LAN and all, all this other stuff. So it it is, it is what it is, but yeah, that's, you know, I wonder if specul wild speculation, you know, d- does he have some kind of new move set up? Is he going to go do something with oxygen? You know what I mean? Like, no, he's working on a comic. Okay. Hey, awesome. I like comic books. Hit me with it. Yeah. Hit me with it. So cool. 
Well, that's that's esports. Um, not one singular sim racing topic. You're welcome. Thank you. You're God. welcome. But soon you'll be able to check out our sim racing podcast where we talk Your about only that stuff. Podcast. When I say our, I mean Gamesos. Ross will have nothing to do with it. Thank God. We'll, we'll drop information about that as it comes out. Uh, it's only going to be like twice a month because honestly, there's like one news piece per week. So it's really not or two news pieces per week. Um, so not a ton to talk about. And it'll be quicker. I, don't know. I so. know you love it, but it's it's very much not esports. Like the like the average esports fan does not watch sim racing. No, it's, it's, it's sim it's, racing. It's super popular because of the racing fan people. Exactly. It's it's more of a auxiliary to racing than it is yeah. to it, it, it is an esport, right? Just by definition, yeah. but it's it is popular to racing fans who also like video games. It's not popular to people who like video games normally. Yeah. And that's why uh, we talked about splitting it out because um, at Games, our sim racing articles do very well. Um, and we want to have that content for people. But for the average person listening to this podcast who just wants to hear about normal esports, they yeah. like, they're like, ah, I don't care. Some of them might, you know, and if, yeah. if you do like that, then come listen to the sim racing podcast. Um, but yeah, Paul and I talked about it and it just, it made sense to just split that out and do it like 30 minutes twice a month or something like that. So we'll be doing that soon. Direct drive with Dan Tyrell. Pop in there. It'll be a good time. Um, so Ross, let's not forget oh. it this week. What have you been playing, buddy? Oh, back to Rainbow Six Siege. Hey. New, um, well, the podcast is being recorded on a Sunday, uh, 17th, tomorrow, May 18th, at 1 p.m. Eastern. They are revealing the new operation, which is Operation Steel Wave. Two new operators, new map, hopefully fixing problems, but most likely just creating new ones. As is Ubisoft's way, as much as I love them and as much as they are very hardworking and they are a very good team, it's just it's just a mess at all times. Yeah, constantly. Constantly. That's good. You know, next podcast, remind me to um, rant about um, anti-cheat. Right? Why? What's wrong? I, I just saw like a, a big Twitter chain the other day and a similar one in Reddit. And I know those are two very toxic places, but about how Valorant's anti-cheat is like a rootkit and it's the worst thing ever and the Chinese are hacking your computer. Um, and I just want to discuss why you need to relax. And you're, you, you, mentioning, you mentioning Ubisoft made me realize that because almost every major anti-cheat on the market is a kernel-level anti-cheat and nobody freaks yeah. out about it. So, um, But anyway, well, that, we're almost at an hour and a half. I don't want to drag things on. I'll if it's still pertinent. And it's just like I'm not playing anything. End podcast. Uh, yeah, the end. No, I am. Um, I have been playing uh, some stuff. Just general kind of popping around, uh, playing a lot of different stuff. Nothing. No main focus right now. If I had to say, I was playing one thing more than anything. It's Assetto Corsa, um, Competizione, uh, ACC, um, and I think I'm gonna. I kind of want to play Dirt too. Dirt Rally 2.0. For some reason, I just I've been like in this mood to. To sim race on on the dirt um, and divinity, which I play every week. We actually we uh, Tom and I hit a point last night where not only am I now more interested in the story of the game because things got like not super in detail, write down every note, or you can't continue the game. Um, but I think having a week off from playing it, like 
made me not so like beat down by it. Um, but yeah, that's just, I guess th- this section of the podcast is Ross and Dan are still playing the same crap they're always playing. <laughs> right. That's it. Yeah. So, like I said, next week, um, man eater comes out I'm trying to get a review key for that. If not, I'm going to buy it anyway. I'm trying to get a review. Key. Well, you can't say you're going to buy it, you know, cause now like if, if they listen and like, oh, we don't have to get give Tri- tripwires. Like, anyway. Leave games a lot of this. The dude's gonna pay yeah. us. Um, yeah, he's gonna pay us. Yeah, you know what's funny about that game is I had no interest in it at PAX, and then I started looking at it, and it actually looks super fun. Basically, uh, there's there's the PAX mention. Mark uh, that yeah. off your bingo sheet. You know, I almost went the whole podcast without mentioning. You it. almost went the whole podcast without you mentioning PAX um, or sim racing, and then you you blew it up at the end. I did it on purpose. It was all to give you false hope. But yeah, mm-hmm. they had the big booth there, and you know, it just looked like standard shark game. And I didn't know Tripwire was making it. They do Killing Floor. Um, which is a really fun series and um yeah i started getting trailers on like facebook and stuff recently and i watched it and it looks cool you basically it's like it's such a cheeseball story like you're a a baby shark do 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 and uh your mom gets killed by like this shark hunter fisherman so you like grow and evolve in this open world and take down like these shark hunters and uh like attack spring break beaches and stuff and intake protein and use your points to evolve um so that way you can take down stuff but like there's also different areas of the map have different like other sea creatures so like there's the brackish waters of you know the southeast and there's like a giant crocodile that you can fight and you know giant squid and and different stuff so it just looks like one of those you know mindless games that i sit down and i just swim around as a shark and i just munch on stuff which is the type of game i'm into i just want to not have to think sometimes so Mm -hmm. and eating stuff as a shark you like doing that huh yeah and i can become a megalodon and get uh armor on my body i can evolve to have armor and speaking uh, of megalodon we were playing sea of thieves mm-hmm. and, and tom well, freaked, you and tom freaked out the second he saw a shark yes i have a clip i'll share with you where the first I, time he sees a shark i too have a clip <laughs> it's it's honestly but. The, the most terrifying thing is we get attacked by the Megalodon. And then when he bites the ship, he like knocks you back, like knocks you back, knocked Tom into the water. Oh no. And he damn near had a panic attack because he's in the water with this Megalodon. Poor Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Our friend Tom is definitely afraid of sharks. I was watching him stream Sea of Thieves and he was trying to get something and he saw a shark. And like, when I say he pooped his pants, like full code Brown, like he, Full meltdown. Full code, think, bro. Yeah, I think I, I think I put it up on on my Twitter. Um, it was, it was bad. It like it was, it was really, it was really bad. Um, I showed my kids and they laughed. They're like, "Oh, Uncle Tom pooped his pants." <laughs> um, so he had like a awful reaction. But anyway, that's the stuff I'm looking forward to playing. So there, I changed the segment. There you go. What am I looking, so looking forward, forward to, to But inevitably won't actually play. Yeah, I'll t- I have a game to review right now that's been loaded to my computer for a week that I haven't What is even- it called? It's um, The Shattering. It's like a horror sci-fi, not sci-fi, like a horror thriller-esque game. So, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta check it out. It, look- it looks kind of cool. Narrative-driven, puzzly, psychological thriller, so... Hmm, I wonder I wonder who's done that before. Nobody. Nobody's ever done that style of game before. Definitely not Konami. Nope. Not not once, not never. So 
so yeah, that's the podcast. Ross, do you want to stick around and do a post show, or do you do you want to just go about your life? I mean, well, we can. I don't really have anything else to talk about. Well, you know, we can do like 15 minutes with the people. We can be men of the people. So what okay. I'm going to do is I'm going to hit the BRB button. Okay. Um, do I have a BRB button? Oh, sure. By the way, on Dan's Twitch. All of our social links below our stuff. Go to gamesofco.uk for all of our articles. Follow us on Twitter at GamesOGG. I am BitwiseDan on everything that is B-I-T-W-1-S-E-D-A-N. Ross is Rain R6S on Twitter, and from there you can find any of his other uh, secret drop Twitch channel stuff. Um, yeah, which is all good. Uh, and as that strategy always, works well for Supreme, but it does not work well for me. Yeah, it's, it's almost like more consistency in your scheduling is better. Um, and then the last thing is top of the hour. We said it. We're gonna say it again. Go to the thing you watch this on and click the associated thing with rating us highly. Uh, give us feedback if you want to. We take it to heart. We do adjust what we need to. As Paul said, constant innovation. Constant innovation. So, all right. I'm going to hit the BRB button, and then we can come back and talk for like three minutes about, I don't know, whatever we missed. Okay.